The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Pastor Mark Blitz has pointed out something that's of importance for all of us to think and reflect upon. We know this Good Friday is April 3rd. We know this is the 33rd year of apparitions. We know that Good Friday... 2,000 years ago, landed on April 3rd. This alignment is very amazing in the fact that this is parallel in our lady's apparitions. We haven't seen April 3rd, Good Friday, during her apparitions, or maybe for centuries. Does that tell us something? It should, because God gave a message to Our Lady that said He wants to speak to us through nature through man, and many other ways. Nature is the stars, creation, trees, the animals, even people, the world. These voices are speaking to us. What do they say? 
Blitz points out that a solar eclipse is going to happen that will take place on Good Friday, this April 3rd. He says it's an indication that time goes back to the beginning of everything and there is a coming into an alignment. So we're aligning this Good Friday, April 3rd, in the 33rd year of the apparitions of Our Lady, with Good Friday, April 3rd, 2,000 years ago. Blitz explained, the solar eclipse is also a super dark moon. It is over the North Pole, a first in 100,000 years. He says the last total eclipse we had was on the March equinox, occurred back in 1662, on March 20th. It was in the southern hemisphere. This one's in the north. So what is happening this week will be the first time in human history, he says. This event has not been seen since man walked the earth. Blitz believes the timing of the eclipse followed by the appearance of the next blood-red moon signifies the momentous events are soon to follow. Having this once-in-a-lifetime solar eclipse aligned with the spring equinox, as well as the beginning of the religious calendar of Nisan 1, is definitely a sign, he says, from the heavens. This is followed two weeks later by a blood moon, a total lunar eclipse on Passover. The very day all the firstborn of Egypt died about 3,500 years ago. Does this amaze you? It amazes me. It amazes me all the more because I'm watching and following Our Lady and what she's doing. That this alignment's happening, what Blitz doesn't know as a pastor, of what the Virgin Mary is doing. And our 33rd anniversary of apparitions on April 3rd. And when she's saying, fight evil, and his plans through modernism. So where do we go from here? What's taking place? What can we expect? We have to realize God doesn't come to his own defense. Nature does. And when nature's rising up and speaking to us, we should listen. Rest in peace, California. 1850-2016 to What we'll lose and learn from the world's first major water collapse. This article was written on March 22nd. Last week, NASA announced that California is on its deathbed and has only 12 months of water left. Data from NASA satellites show that the total amount of water stored in the Sacramento and San Joaquin River basins That is, all of the snow, river, reservoir water, water and soils, and groundwater combined was 34 million acre feet below normal in 2014. That loss is nearly 1.5 times the capacity of Lake Mead near Las Vegas, which is America's largest reservoir, writes J. Farmagletti of NASA. Farmagletti adds, Statewide, we've been dropping more than 12 million acre-feet of total water yearly since 2011. Roughly two-thirds of these losses 
are attributable to groundwater pumping for agricultural irrigation in the Central Valley. Farmers have little choice but to pump more groundwater during droughts, especially when their surface water allocations have been slashed 80 to 100 percent. But these pumping rates are excessive and unsustainable. Wells are running dry. In some areas of the Central Valley, the land is sinking by one foot or more per year. Tensions are high in the state, and small conflicts are breaking out as people are beginning to steal water from others. The water crisis will likely have the biggest impact on the state's agricultural community, which currently accounts for a whopping 80% of its water usage. According to Kara Lee Greiger, President and Executive Director of the California Water Impact Network, the almond crop alone uses enough water to supply 75% of the state's population. But recently, your average citizens are feeling it too. People in the Bay Area are actually stealing water from their neighbors. So what will happen when California turns into a dust bowl? Will the beauty and rich fabric of California's cultural history evaporate as well? And what about the amazing culture of spirituality, peace, ingenuity, and love that permeates the Golden State? Would we lose that too? From another perspective, the North American food supply will also suffer a devastating blow because the state's agricultural production zone is smack dab in the middle of the drought's most severely hit area. And not only will California's farming industry come to a screeching halt, the little water that is left will be so filled with toxins and pollutants that it will be undrinkable for local residents. Mother Jones' publication points out that the lifeblood groundwater Californians are surviving on is 20,000 years old. Such water is not just old. It's prehistoric. It is older than the earliest pyramids on the Nile. Older than the world's oldest tree, the bristlecone pine. It was swirling down rivers and streams 15,000 to 20,000 years ago when humans were crossing the Bering Strait from Asia. Tapping such water is more than a scientific curiosity. It is one more sign that some parts of California are living beyond nature's means with implications that could ripple into the next century and beyond as the region warms and robs moisture from the sky. What I see going on is a future disaster. You are removing water that's been there a long, long time, and it will probably take a long time to replace it. We are mining water that cannot be readily replaced, said Vance Kennedy, a 91-year-old retired research hydrologist in the Central Valley. The California water crisis is reminiscent of the Dust Bowl, also known as the Dirty Thirties, a period of severe dust storms that greatly damaged the ecology and agriculture of the U.S. and Canadian prairies during the 1930s. Severe drought and a failure to apply dry land farming methods to prevent wind erosion caused the phenomenon. The drought came in three waves, 1934, 1936, 
and 1939-40, but some regions of the High Plains experienced drought conditions for as many as eight years. With insufficient understanding of ecology of the plains, farmers had conducted extensive deep plowing of the virgin topsoil of the Great Plains during the previous decade. This had displaced the native, deep-rooted grasses that normally trap soil and moisture, even during periods of drought and high winds. The rapid mechanization of farm equipment, especially small gasoline tractors, and widespread use of the combine harvester contributed to farmers' decisions to convert arid grassland, much of which received no more than 10 inches of precipitation per year to cultivated cropland. The Dust Bowl resulted in a mass evacuation of the heartland as tens of thousands of people were forced to abandon their farms. A similar evacuation is already underway in California, as many farmers have been forced to give up. Unlike the Dust Bowl, however, California's crisis doesn't end with abandoned farms. It ends with abandoned cities. All of the snow, all the river water, all the reservoir water, all the water in the soil, all the groundwater, all this combined, statewide 12 million acre feet of total water, which means snow, river, reservoir, soil water, groundwater, has been causing the ground to sink for the last four years. Pumping rates unsustainable, wells already running dry, land sinking one foot or more per year, conflict breaking out between people stealing water, And this is right smack dab in the middle of the agricultural basket of the nation. Where does your food come from? 99% of all walnuts in the United States come from California. 99% of almonds. 98% pistachios. You say, well, I don't eat nuts. What about broccoli? 95% of all the U.S. broccoli produced is in California. 92% strawberries, 91% grapes, 90% tomatoes, 74% lettuce. What does this tell you? What do you think is happening? When you see clouds approaching, you know if they're dark and they're moving fast that you're about to be in a storm. God never does something without visiting his people through prophetic nature or some kind of warning. He did it in Nineveh. He tried to do it in Sodom. He did it throughout biblical history. And he's doing it now with Our Lady. And it's a message of love. that He doesn't want to act, and he won't act. But nature will revolt against you if you don't change your ways. So I propose a question for California. They said the cultural the spiritual, the peace, the tolerance they have will all go away. Is perhaps that may be the reason this is visiting California? What would you think it would be? Why do you think this is coming? Oh yes, there's righteous people that live in California, but the righteous people suffer with the wicked. But what state in this country represents something 
that God comes back in every civilization before it falls and nature takes retribution. I'd be concerned. This is scary. This is NASA. This is not your Bible. This is science. This is satellite. This is factual. This is there. This is real. And it parallels God's trying to reach you. God wants to speak to you through nature. Because that's in the past how it has always corrected man. So my question is, why is this happening? This feedback came to us on March 25th from New York, and it reads, Could you please give some clarification on some of your recent broadcasts? They seem to be giving a mixed message. I, too, agree that marriage is between a man and a woman and support the Alabama legislature. However, your discussions on this behavior seems a little confusing for some that have listened to them. The Bible and the Catholic Church have never taught that it is a sin to be of this persuasion. They teach it is a sin to have relations because it goes against the laws of God's nature, specifically his plan for human relations. Some people that have listened to your broadcasts have stated to me that they feel you are condemning their lifestyles as a whole. The Pope has said, if someone is this way and he searches for the Lord and has good will, who am I to judge? Meaning they are celibate. Can you address your view on those who remain celibate? Thank you for your time and God bless you. The church has always taught this was wrong. It's only of a recent date through modernism that softens its teaching. And those teachings are the people inside the church. It's not what the church has always taught, nor what the Bible has taught. Through Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32, it's very explicitly clear. This is sin. And it does not speak of the act. It speaks, in one part, of just having that desire. So the desire is to be condemned because it's not real. You're not born that way. It doesn't happen that way. We have to realize California and what's happening there, that that's a cause. Where there is a cause, there is an effect. Nature will defend God. Drought visits to correct. Fire is done in the past. Nineveh will be no more. Sodom disappeared. There's evidence that Sodom exists. They're doing archaeological digs now. And what they found out, and what is disconcerting, is they found out some kind of massive heat destroyed it. There's evidence of just things melting. What do you want for biblical truth? God's revealing in our time. Isn't it incredible that he waited that these things be found in this moment? When so many people are confused, like this poor person who wrote this letter, out of concern that perhaps this is not the way it is. It is the way it is. Our lady says you don't know truth. When virtue is lost, vice is promoted, or even tolerated, God's blessings withdraws. What's happening in California? The Bible just said in the beginning of this program, Matthew 6, that he'll feed you, he'll take care of you. He'll fill your troughs. He'll fill your water troughs, your wells. You will be blessed. 
not cursed. And yet it's withdrawing. It's a withdrawing of blessing. And I can say, though we're not perfect as Christians, but this nation is made up primarily of people who believe in morals and the Judeo-Christian principles and who are, who are very much against the degradation of society. Anybody claiming that it's not wrong to be an abominable is in deep, serious error. It's a perverse sin against nature. Abominables are not a race of people who can complain, don't discriminate against me or my sin. Any more than adulterous people are a race of people who can complain, don't discriminate against my sin. The United States military has rules of discipline for adultery. Adultery is wrong. Society knows adultery is wrong and is not desirable for a healthy society. For a nation to survive, its people must be repentant. When they fall and then strive to be virtuous, they rise. A nation of virtuous people, therefore, must teach being abominable yet celebrant is wrong, a very unvirtuous wrong, a disorder wronged against nature and nature's God. So I tell this person who wrote this letter, read thoroughly, very thoroughly, Romans 1, verses 18 to 32, and you'll see that the Bible does teach this that is wrong. The Catholic Church has gone through to two phases at this point. First of all, they always taught this is wrong. Then they let priests become, knowing that they were of this persuasion, people go through seminaries and become priests. As long as they were celibate. So if this letter is correct, that you can be this and be celibate, then why did this church now move into a second phase? That second phase is saying, if you are of this persuasion, you have these abominable feelings, you can't be a priest. So which is right? When the church was saying and teaching that you can come into the priesthood, just be celibate? Or now that they're blocking you, that if you are that, whether you're going to be celibate or not, you are not allowed to be a priest. That seems to be a contradiction. One's wrong, one's right. And so where the church hasn't come to, the members of the church, is the third phase they need to come to, which is what I'm talking about. And that phase is we preach and we teach that you're not this. You're not born this way. No more than you're born an adulteress, a thief, a killer, or anything of such a nature. This is not something in you, except a demon, something of possession even, something that you believe falsely. And I don't fault that people believe that. There's been a weakness in the church in teaching this. Most of the church don't understand it. You are not that. That's the first thing I want to tell you. It's a lie from the father of lies. Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he's lying to you. This is a learned behavior. Yes, it can come from the environment. It can come from people teaching this, that you've got to pick your gender. And all this garbage, because that's what it is, nothing more than stinking filth garbage. You've got to realize. You can't say, okay, I'm going to be celibate, I'm going to be good, and I'm just going to accept that I'm that way. Don't accept that this is who you are. No more than somebody out there committing adultery, that I'm just born this way, and I'm just going to keep committing adultery. It's a sin. And what you're doing is sin. And I'll tell you another thing. People don't love you. They don't care for you. If they tolerate this and accept it and say, well, okay, that's what you want. I respect you. I don't respect you. No, when I do a thief or a killer or adulterous, you can't do that. 
You can fall toward that, but you can confess. But you have to be broken from this by confessing that I'm in sin and I'm believing falsely this is who I am. They have proven genetically this cannot happen by identical twins who one comes this way and the other doesn't. It's purely behavior. You may be deceived. You may believe you're born that way. You are not. God doesn't make mistakes. Don't put it in the class of deformities because this is not deformity. This is a choice. And you can choose against it. You need to fast. You need to do 54-day novenas. You need to pray. You need to beg God to get this demon and these lies out of you. We just heard a story. I think, Joan, you were just reading a story about this. Why don't you tell the story? It was a young man that that was living active. He wasn't living the lifestyle, but he had great temptations toward this. And it troubled him very much. And he went to a priest who was... He, he had accepted himself as this, right. as an abominable. And he went to a, a priest that agreed to, to walk him through this and really pray over him. And... and uh, this priest did many prayers of multi-generational healing and and began in praying over him in one session to call out any kind of demonic activity or anything in his life that could have led him to this or those kinds of things. And at one point when he was praying uh, about these particular evil spirits, this boy looked at him, as the priest said, in a seductive way with the real grin of, of seduction. And this didn't bother the priest because he'd had this kind of situation that he was ad- addressing in other circumstances and knew that this was something that Satan was doing. And he ended up uh, finally coming to a passage where he was using the scripture. And and at one point when he said that Jesus Christ has has power over this, and is bringing healing, this boy just ends up going into an epileptic seizure where he is holding on to his chair with all his might. The priest grabs him by the waist just to hold him because he was there was such a, a strength within the seizure and kept continued to continue to pray the word of God over this boy. And then finally he just is like a wrenching and this boy just goes into a complete peace kind of all of his uh, this fight leaves him and he raises up his arms and he just shouts i'm free i'm free i felt it leave me he was weeping for the next 2 hours he was just walking around praising god for this healing that he he felt he was received at that point just reason it out. Reason out the droughts. Reason what they are saying, RIP for California in 12 months. The moon. 100,000 years. This hasn't happened. The alignment, everything happened. Our lady here. All these things are telling us something's coming. You need to save yourself. And I'll tell you this out of love for those who are that way. That Yako said he wouldn't want his worst enemy to go to hell. It's the ultimate waste. Every diocese in the United States and the world is to have an exorcist. A lot of times they don't want to do that or act on that. But you go there. You go to the bishop. Are you right and say, I want 
to have them pray over me. You read Romans 1, 18, 32, and you study every Wednesday, every Friday. You fast on bread and water. Some demons have to be, and you may not identify as a demon. You may not think it's be so because you're so convinced that you're this way. This is total lie, an ultimate lie. And yes, we've given up marriage to divorce. Christians are guilty. This is a progression of sin from promiscuity of the 60s to abortion, birth control, to the feminist movement, all the way to what we do in materialism. Then you move into divorce because families begin to destroy themselves because they care more about material things than they do their family. They divorce. And then the ultimate and the last sin is what we're talking about right now. So we got to start peeling these things away. The first thing is every Christian needs to repent because we've contributed to this grave, serious era, an era that is so serious, it's God come back time. If you can't read the signs of the times, and remember our lady says repeatedly, don't you see my poor children, the signs of the times? Look around you. Jesus said, watch for the signs of the times. Mary's here on earth saying, look at the signs of the times. Think about these things. You don't have to go to the Bible. Go to NASA. Reason this out. Come out of this lifestyle. Rebuke it. Rebuke it in yourself. And you who tolerate as Christians think because somebody's in your family member, you're helping them. Okay, well, I just accept them with love. That's garbage. You don't love them if you don't tell this is a sin and it can confine you to hell. I'm not telling you everybody in Sodom who was this way even went to hell. I don't. That's where you don't judge. I don't know what these people thought who were crushed by the fire and burned up became that way because they're ignorant or they're trained that way and they didn't know any better. But one thing I'm telling you, now you're accountable. Read Romans. You're accountable and you want to be accountable because we do have things coming and we're all at fault for it. But one thing you need to do is act on this and change. Frank? Yeah, um, just incredible, amazing times that we live in. And uh, just to clarify what, you know, something that I'm, I hope is clear and that you understand, but I think I've been to Caritas enough times to be able to, to say this, is that um, we're all born in sin and we're all sinners, and, and Caritas welcomes the sinner and loves the sinner. But to identify yourself with something like this would be adultery of the heart. And just like if someone said they were a murderer, you know, you, you know, you can't welcome that. But if someone had, had had made a mistake, repented for that mistake, the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, go and sin no more. And when you no longer identify yourself, you, you recognize that that is something that is um, intrinsically evil. Then um, Kiritas always loves the sinner. A friend of Medjugorje loves the sinner. It's the sin that he's talking about here. I think that that I can say that. I'm sure I know them well enough to say that. You can. And, and, and what we're attacking is, is a lie to believe this is what you are. The Bible teaches anger in the heart. You're a murderer. And you didn't even murder anybody. To have this in your heart, think you're this way, even if you're celibate, is to live what Jesus says, I tell you, he who commits adultery in the heart, not consummated adultery, not even doing it, but just the thought and entertaining it and believing it's okay, or not even believing it's okay, just entertaining it, you've committed it. 
So celibacy is not enough. You have to realize this is not real. It's not valid. You're not a race of people. There's not discrimination. People come against you. It's to save your soul. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah. And so um, it, it just amazed me uh, what's going on in California, this special uh, time of, of Lent and Good Friday. And the grace is available to us. Um, th- this Lent, you just feel are like no other. And so, um, you know, we just uh, would encourage everyone to take advantage of that and um, and everyone to just have a, you know, very happy and blessed Easter season. Of course, Frank's home because we have a situation where the economy is suffering. And as I said many times, we don't have an economic problem. We've got a moral problem. We've all contributed to it. The thing that's different is we're seeing the most blatant sign, red flag, of where we are right now. You go to the beach, you see a green flag, a yellow flag, a red flag. And when you reach a red flag, you know you can't even get in the water. We have a red flag with this sin that's been propagated, trying to redefine marriage. We have to back up and repent. That includes everyone, especially though those who believe this lie. So going back to the Bible reading that you mentioned earlier, the Matthew chapter 6, of course, this we begin every Maginomic show with this, about you cannot serve God and money, uh, God and mammon. So as far as the part that Frank plays, of course, that's to help people in that realm. should be pointed out that much of the industries out there that materialism goes toward, the fashion industry, the music industry, the television industry, are ruled by this group of people and their agendas. So when Our Lady is mentioning modernism, of course, we can't leave that out. So that's an obvious thing. And so a friend of Medjugorje always encourages to go away from materialism, go away from modernism, and it's also to disconnect you with that agenda and that group of people. And so financially, in the physical side of that, uh, that's why we have Frank on. And Frank, you can give your contact information. People could get in touch with you and learn more about how they can help secure what they have and to get away from that system of materialism. Sure. And, and I think when we hear things like we do today, uh, we take our ministry very seriously, and we see how important it is, what we're doing now, and the, um, the call to come out of the wanton system, and um, we also can help people that are uh, interested in community. But for, to call us for the miraculous Medal Round, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can reach us online at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. I'd like to thank this letter that was sent in asking us to be qualified for those people who are listening, they're concerned and believing the church says this is okay and it's not a sin if you sell it. But I hope this clarifies it. It is. And if you who go to a priest... Asking to be prayed for or over, and he tells you, as long as you're not celibate or somebody else or any other direction, you read the Bible. There's a contradiction here. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong with this. The Bible is always right, and it's not interpretable. It's clear. Romans 1, 1832. Read it every Wednesday and Friday with your fasting. Those who tolerate it, you do the same. And so it is. This show today, we're pre-taping the day before the 2nd. Today's April 1st, because the 2nd, we write about the message in the morning, and everything will come to it as a result. and have a radio show tomorrow, so we look forward to talking to you at that point. 
And knowing that we have this April 3rd, this will be tomorrow be a Holy Thursday, April 3rd is the next day, this alignment, we'll just have to see what our lady says tomorrow that we speak about tomorrow night. Until that time, we wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics show with a friend of Medjugorje. To listen or download free, go to medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, the left-hand menu, Radio Wave, and click on Past Shows. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000. Thank you for listening.